What's up, everybody? On this episode of the Boston Ski Party, we are joined by Cyrus Shank. In 2011, after dropping out of engineering school, Cyrus decided to start his very own ski company, Renowned Skis. These skis are the first ever built with polymer and non-Newtonian fluids in the core for a more responsive on-snow experience, or something like that. Basically, Cyrus is the man behind this revolutionary technology that goes into his skis that have won multiple awards at massive trade shows like ISPO, NBD. We chop it up with Cyrus about his background, the tech that goes into renown, and some of the things he's learned over the years running a ski company. Oh, and of course, Cyrus is a proud, self-proclaimed nerd. So naturally, we brought an AI bot into the studio to talk about building skis. Enjoy the show. Holler. Is what it is, man. Is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. It's cheap too. Pluskymaster.com. How tall are you? Six six. Oh, he's got you by an inch, Garrett. Dude, so we're so I'm definitely not six six because Cyrus walked in and he he it actually feels like he towers me. So I don't know if I shrunk or you guys heard about the dilemma that's going on in my life, right? Uh oh, no. Tell Dude, me. so I'm at home a couple weeks ago, and my and my mom's like, how, "Like you're so tall. Are you sure you're only six five? And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean that's what that's what the doctor, oh, oh that's no. what the medical professionals are saying." <laughs> and uh, she's like, "No, I'm I'm measuring you. I'm remeasuring you." And she like has me stand against a wall, brings out the tape measure, measures me. She's like, "Yeah, you're six six. And I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I'm six <laughs> six. I'm, I'm growing." Profile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and then like, I don't know, so like someone, I was bragging about it here at the ski monster and someone was like, all right, we got to prove this breaks out the tape measure six, five stuff. Oh, dude. Wow. So your mom gave you a, she, she gave you a little, little boost. A little false hope. Yeah. You think she was, she thinks she was fucking with me because yeah. she's like, he needs this. Yeah. Ooh. You stood a little taller when you walked out of the room, probably. You're like, God damn, yeah. six, six. Yeah. I'll slouch my way out to make you feel better. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're sitting yeah, down. That's, right. that's, why the, that's why the chair goes down. If I, have a, if I have someone in here taller than me, I make them go all the way down. Like, yeah, that lever on the right, just pull it all the way and just sink to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, dude, you, you were saying that out there before we, we got in here, but um, you're, you're, I, you should say it again because you're, you're in our space and you said that you got this new space and, and like what you did to kind of outfit it. It's pretty funny. The, uh, the our space. Is yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Space. Yeah. Oh, well we had, um, we had two spaces previously. One was like an office, like it was this big and everybody was crammed in there, but you know, we're just on computers, so we don't really need a ton of it. And then we had a storage space downstairs where we would like drill all of our demo skis for ski tests, like on the floor, the linoleum kind of thing. Yeah. And this new space opened up and it was like four times as much square footage. So we like took, jumped on it and it like almost the same price jumped on it. But then we built it out into a, so we have an office space. And then um, we kind of joked that my office was like kind of a glass box. Um, the dog just goes in there. So <laughs> I don't actually use it. <laughs> but then we made this whole studio space out of it too. Cause it's like the coordination of like getting all your videographers, the light guys, the, um, the, the talent all together is like a big mission. Yeah. And it was just a lot easier if we had everything set up. So I just um, hired this guy who's like an expert at lighting and he set the place up to look like amazing. And I was like, great Fisher, I'm just going to take out some photos of all stuff. He was like, all right, sounds good. And then he helped me buy every single piece of equipment that he had like set up. And so now we have like a full studio space that just like one switch and then the whole thing like flips on. So 
it makes it so much easier rather than having like coordinate a bunch of people. Um, you know, if we have an idea, we can just go to town with it right away without having to uh, start coordinating or write all the script out. Cause like the biggest thing is like when you start the second the scripts comes down, like unless you're, unless you practiced it like to a T, which it works sometimes if you do it that way. But if, if you don't fully practice it, then it's just this like hodgepodge of whatever. And it's just better to just do it naturally and just be like, this is our carving ski. And then you just riff off a bunch of stuff right? and you cut it together and it, lo- it sounds great. So wait, well, and when you have an, like to your point, when you have an idea, like right away, you're like, dude, let's go shoot it. Yeah. Or like, Oh, let's do this right now versus like, Oh, okay. That's, that's a good idea. Let's try to plan out the next time we're going to be there yeah. and all oh, we'll get, we'll get so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and then we'll do yeah. it. But like when you have that excitement, like of, of you're about to do the idea and like the excitement's there, that excitement does come out in the video yeah, and people are true. watching it. it seems people? so much more so much more fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. authentic. And people like feel it. Like we had this idea. We were, we started reading some of our reviews are rolling in for this fall. And we were like, dang, these are insane. Like people like writing the, the, the funniest taglines are just like craziest stuff. Like this is no gimmick. This is insane. Like this changed my life. I was like, these skis change your life. And we're, <laughs> and we're like, we should just print this off and wear lab coats and just read these reviews to the camera. Yeah, and dude. And so we just turned the lights on and started reading the reviews <laughs> oh, to the camera. It's like, it's totally not uh, like fancy or anything, but whatever it's it's people love that stuff dude yeah. lab coat idea that's a good idea yeah. dude i saw you sell lab coats in yeah. the renowned store i was did, gonna cob one <laughs> the things you, are kind of fresh did you read the description uh, oh, that's pretty funny yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just like we went over the top like this lab coat is gonna change your life like it's gonna make you ski faster like you know get free beer at the bar and all that stuff so sick. it's yeah. sick it's nope. guaranteed love that. <laughs> dude i mean that bot that you were talking to earlier is probably wearing a lab coat answering all your questions Oh my gosh! So have uh, have you guys heard of this new thing, Chat uh, GPT? Okay, is this like the AI uh, yep. Neuralink thing? Uh, I don't know. It's I don't know that it's a Neuralink thing, but it's definitely artificial intelligence. Okay, um, I was listening to a podcast on the way down here actually, and they brought it up. Sick. I think this is what it is. Where you you type in some stuff. And it will use the internet and all its knowledge to well, like. Yeah, so I don't back. think it, it. I've gotten some responses where it says that it's not. It can't browse the internet to look at anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I asked it like, "What are the top tested skis of 2023?" Ooh. And it says, "My knowledge only goes up through 2021." Huh. But I asked it, Idiot. you know, like, um, <laughs> dude. That's I asked crazy. it like, should I buy or rent skis? Is 100 millimeters in the waist too wide for the east? Why do my ski boots hurt? Why do the bottoms of my feet hurt? How do I size skis? Wait. It has answers for all of them. Are and we all going to be on a job for like two years? Seriously. <laughs> That's what we and brought it, you it, in to talk it's about. Like, yeah. oh it's like, I mean, and the responses are good. It's almost like more qualified than most people you talk Maybe to. average person. Yeah. yeah. You know, at, at a average store or whatever, you know, and yeah. they have the answer for everything. It's Dude, wild. just listen right, to this. So. Listen to this answer. Okay. Is 100 millimeters in the waist too wide for a, for a ski in the east? Is what I asked it. Right. Okay. The width of a ski, also known as the waist width, refers to the width of the narrowest part of the ski. Skis with a wider waist width are typically better suited for deeper powder and off-piece skiing, while narrower skis are better for groomed trails and hard-packed snow. A 100-millimeter waist is considered to be fairly wide for most skis, and it may be too wide for some conditions and terrain in the east, where the snow is often wetter or more variable. A narrow ski with a waist of 80 to 90 millimeters will be a better choice. And then it goes holy on and on and on. shit. Wait, what an just, answer! But it it, copy it, paste that. That's amazing. it it ends the thing with in general, it's a good idea to try skis with different waist widths and see which ones feel best for you. A professional at a ski shop can help you choose the right width for your needs and preferences. Wow! And I didn't even read the whole response. Holy cow! That is some good info. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, all you need to have is bots down there where people just type in the questions yeah. <laughs> and boom, the ski boot pops out. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. It's it was it was pretty cool. I and asked that, it like. 
um, you know, uh, so I just had a, a, a baby a, about a month oh, ago. Congrats, dude. Thank you. And I was like, uh, what should I say to my wife if she is getting overwhelmed with a newborn? And it gave, gave an answer. <laughs> it's crazy. Why don't you to read any books? Yeah. <laughs> it's like counseling stuff. I'm like, just going oh, to type it into the, to the bot. It's going to give me all my life knowledge. I yeah. asked it to write a clever ski tweet for me. And I was like, oh, can you? And then it was like uh, skiing is like uh, uh, the best social, something about social distancing. I was like less COVID related. I was like, okay, how about uh-huh. this one? Make it funnier. This one. How about more East Coast related? This. What? Dude. Did you, get, did you have to give it tweet cred? I say thank you <laughs> to the AI so it knows that like, yo, I'm on your team. If this like really spirals out of control, like don't come. Wow hurt me i'm i'm one of the good guys you know what i'm saying yeah yeah actually oh, like hey man. you design me a ski that's perfect in these oh my god we should ask like, it and it's like well if you do this boom and it's gonna give you a ski yeah yeah can we do it right now ask can you ask it say do you have it on your phone or your computer i i can i can get it up on my phone i'll be curious to say like how do how do i build a perfect ski? a, a, per, a perfect ski yeah. or or how, how would i home build how, a ski how can i build a ski that's amazing carving and floats like a dream yeah how about one of those like I'd be really tired. interested to see what that what that thing said. <laughs> I, okay, um, I'm gonna have to grab my computer. It won't let me log in on my phone. Right, for grab, grab your computer. Yeah, because okay. I'm interested to see what they say. Because I I was it wasn't a it wasn't a, a podcast, but it was a bunch of articles on the obviously anyone that would be reading stuff on AI knows that that guy from Google you know like yeah. pr- presented to I don't know some. I think Congress was it. Would it get that far? I don't know. But he basically saying like, hey, I think that is that this. AI has, mm-hmm. you know, has it's, it's evolved yeah. it, and oh, evolved. So it wasn't like we programmed this into it. It was like, it's actually learned beyond what we originally told it. That, that's what he thought that's or crazy. he was saying. And yeah. like, and I was reading the transcript of, you know, his conversation with the, with the bot. Yeah. And I was literally like, all right, I mean, this sounds like, Sci-fi. Th- yeah, it sounds like this AI is, is yeah. literally taking on yeah. life its own. And then, of course, you know, the rebuttal articles are always saying, like, we're only pro- we, we, it's pulling from everything that you know, we've programmed mm-hmm. in, in all the Google search things. So it, it's going to search <laughs> what you want for a response yeah. emotionally or, or not. And it's kind of feeling you out. So I'm like, but still, I mean, that's yeah, still dude, that's intense. Still, it's like iRobot, you, man. It's like, oh, no, no, we, it, it's still in the box, we promise. And it's locked, but. But but like but it's giving me so, answers saying that like I don't want to be deleted. Right. You know, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> but but then again, the rebuttal is like, well, it knows that it want like the human wants the response that of it's like, looking for correct. Yeah, validation. I, you know, and I'm I'm no scientist by any means, so I'm, I'm butchering this. But like, it's really kind of crazy when when you read through the transcript and what it's actually saying yeah. in relative to the questions. Well, like, what's that? Um, there's a test where like you know if if it if you ask a computer some stuff and you can't tell it's a computer like. Does it matter? Like there's that, it's like, you know, it's a tree right. fall in the woods and you, you know, anybody to hear, anybody there to hear it, does it, to make a noise? Same one, same thing. It's like, if you are talking to a computer and you don't know it, like, does it is matter? It, it, is it a computer now? Like when does it evolve into like transient, right. into like a more yeah. evolved being? So if it doesn't, if it doesn't sound like a computer at that point and you, yeah. you've been tricked. It's, it's like a thing from the seventies. Yeah. There's, uh, there's a term for it, but there's, yeah, it's a very, it's a specific line that you cross. It's kind of like the Carmen line when you go into space, right? hundred kilometers up, it's like, boom, suddenly you're in space. Yeah. The same thing with like the human side of it. It's like, if you don't know, like then you've crossed this into this world of like, oh, you're robot computer humanoid right. it's all now the same it's wild this is crazy so did, did it what did, what did it say yeah dude so that was it gave me a, it's a whole right. paragraph all right so say in that, five seconds say that say maybe the, less say the question right. that you typed in how do i build the perfect ski was my question okay answer 
Building the perfect ski is a highly individual process that will depend on your personal preferences and the type of skiing you plan to do. To build a perfect ski, start by considering the skill level and the type of terrain that you want the ski to perform on. This will help you determine the appropriate width, length, and flex of the ski. Next, consider the construction, including the materials used for the core, the type of edge, and the base. The ski construction will determine its weight, stiffness, and performance characteristics. Finally, consider the ski's design, including the graphics and color scheme. This will help it sell. This will help you create a ski that not only performs well, but also looks great on the mountain. Ultimately, building the perfect ski is a personal and individual process. Wow. Wow. What a response. What is happening? Dude, we're fucked. <laughs> that's incredible. Like, literally, that's exactly what I tell people. I always say, like, it seems like jeans. It, do, like, it depends on, like, I, I might be 6'6", six, six, right? And you're 6'5", we're close, right? We're, we're, you're, you're you six, had six, to bring two, it up. You were 6'6", six, six, two weeks ago, right? I was. Yeah, so su- we're both 6'6", six, six, and we're Mentally. both riding these skis, right? At the end of the day, it's a personal choice. And, like, this computer is like, yeah, no, it's personal. And, by the way, the graphics matter, matter which we all know, like, the, the color of a ski is half of it unfortunately or, yeah. or maybe maybe 85 or maybe 95 percent right? right i think i think jay proved that right yeah it's so interesting it's like see these graphics and some of them fly off the shelves and the ones sit there a little bit longer but you know it's just insane and how much that last element the top sheet is like i, I don't know i want to say like 85 percent, but no, it's, i mean it, i mean that's it's it. more than half that's for sure i mean from someone who's been working retail for, for probably way yeah. too long you know you can talk about five or four, three, five, whatever, how many skis to a consumer that's interested in buying a said ski mm-hmm. in the family or whatever, it's going to come down to which one they like the best of how it looks. Yep. There'll be a few times where, you know, someone's like, oh, honey, doesn't matter what it looks like. Just buy, you know, whatever's good. Listen <laughs> to the guy, you know, there's a couple times where it's like that, but most of the time it's going to come down to what oh the ski God. looks like. That's amazing. <laughs> he comes back, she comes back later and is like, oh, actually, I do want the blue one. I do. Yeah. I, I want to switch. I want to switch. Yeah. This isn't exactly top sheet, but I always remember that uh, when we had Malchuk on, he was like, line came out with the future spin and uh we sold like none of them and then next year they just called it the tom wallace pro and it was one of Gone. the top top yeah top selling skis yeah same, same graphic and everything no they it? changed the graphic oh, okay. but they put tom walsh's name on it too. yeah yeah and a little bit more they, marketing but yeah and they couldn't keep it in stock yeah. yeah it's wild and they couldn't sell any future spins yeah no. it's yeah it's true marketing's hard it is really hard yeah but once you crack it like your email that email was insane it's cool right i love that I, I i can't take credit for that but it was a really good email it was really good which um, email are you talking about uh the the holiday gift guide email oh yeah i yeah. opened it and i was like is this a oh that's smart afford <laughs> I, I I the gotcha I was like, this, this is genius yeah you did and then you and then I, you're like dude keep it like you guys are crushing awesome like so let's catch up soon i was like you want to be in the podcast you're like sure. thought you never asked they're like yeah, let's go. come on down let's do it get some dunkins on the way yeah. up. let's go Sick. <laughs> dude so i before we kind of get into it I, I and the stuff we should really be talking about i wanted to ask you about your window washing career oh because because <laughs> i also had a similar window washing career no way. it wasn't as long as yours from the, from yeah. what i can tell obviously you, you started your own my, company my hands are permanently scarred for all the stuff <laughs> right, actually like you started your, your own company and and it, that's incredible i was just a grunt i just worked for my for my buddy's <laughs> uncle dude still the um, work, man. but uh so, so how did how did that happen did, did you would you just like cleaning some windows yeah. and someone's like, can I give you a hundred bucks? And you're like, wait a second, let me just do this all the time for a hundred yeah. bucks. Um, so I, I got my, my, my entire family is like entrepreneurs. Like I didn't, I didn't know like a nine to five. My dad didn't like come home at five 30. It was like, he came home when enough work was done kind of thing. Yep. Um, so, you know, we always sold like many of my sisters, I have three sisters. We would sell lemonade growing up and you can make a fair buck selling lemonade. Margins are huge. They're awesome. 
Um, and then I would wrote it to gardens. Uh, oh, I was a bad groceries for like a year. And I remember getting my first paycheck and I was like, dad, what, what is this? He's like, Oh, those are taxes. I was like, I'm not paying taxes. I'm way too young for that. He's like, all right, kid. Uh, so I started road telling You're going to go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> that's so the I, first time I come into tax. <laughs> so I quit and I started road telling gardens because that's all cash. Right. And then realized like what my hourly is for that. I was like, wow, this is way better than bagging groceries. And then I was doing road telling in the spring and the fall, but I was like all summer long. I was kind of sitting around my, and I was like, dad, you know, what can I do in the, you know, in the off season kind of thing? He's like, well, you know, I, I, I wash windows and I was like, I'm not washing windows. No way. He's like, okay, kid, like whatever. And I had somebody just to spite my dad, just to spite him. I was like, I had somebody come out and quote the house. And I was like, how much is it for this house? They're like, it's $542. And I was like, I can do this in an afternoon. Yeah. So yeah, yeah just, I literally just, uh, I asked my dad if I could use his ladder. She's like, yeah, just, uh, there are gifts so that there's no like insurance stuff. It doesn't come back on like, <laughs> see, like who sold it to you. Um, and I literally just walked uh, around the neighborhood and knocked on window, knocked on doors and, uh, yeah, like the first year I probably did like 200 doors. The second year I did 500. Wow. And, um, damn dude. And then you just like, cause when, and once you get one client, like you show up on time, actually first you get the client, you call them two days before and say, Hey, just want to confirm the our appointment for, you know, Tuesday at 7am to clean your windows. And oftentimes they have already forgotten and they're like, yes. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. We'll see you at 7am. So you're basically doing like a friendly reminder to them. You show up at 701 at the latest, like you don't be late. You do a good job and you leave. And then a week later, you call them up and say, hey, how are the windows looking? And they're like, I already paid you. And you're checking in to make sure everything's perfect. Like, holy smokes. And so the customer service with that, like people, because at the end of the day, I'm a contractor. Right? I'm just like some somebody who's just going to do some like cleaning for their house. And to have that kind of level of care, people just tell their friends. So like after the first two years, like the word, you know, people are having coffee, they're chat with their friends like yeah. oh wow your windows look great and like oh yeah there's this kid who just came by and he, like showed up on time and <laughs> you know, he didn't steal anything and yeah all that stuff and then yeah so i did that for like five years before i got my first employee and then yeah for a couple of years had employees and then like yeah i got bigger and i'm handing off to my sister but after 14 years i sold it um so and that's what funded renown like that's uh like people think it's a joke or it's like some kind of marketing thing. It's like, no, no, I actually watched windows for 14 years to yeah. like do this. And like the first <laughs> like five years of renown was like almost entirely backed by just window washing funds. Cause like it worked out perfectly in the summertime you're washing windows. And then in the winter you're spending all the extra cash on like building skis and all that jazz. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was a fun, fun experience. I think I wish I learned earlier how to like grow the team and like hire people yeah. because I was so, and I, I think I still struggle with this too. It's like, I'm too much. I can be definitely too much of a perfectionist. And it slows me down. And likewise, with even washing windows, you know, the first uh, employer or two, I'd be like, yo, you can't have that spot. And they're like, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> it's one spot. And you're like, all right, okay, let's go. So once I learned how, like, to let, like, I don't say let things go in, like, in a bad way, but just, like, learn to to coach appropriately and train appropriately. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like, it's like, you got to trust somebody at the end. Of the day. You got to hire right and then trust the people, like, train them properly, and then just trust them to go on from there. So. I mean, I think that's just a common problem with people that are, like, us really like you know mm-hmm. it, it's a tough thing and george and i we've talked about it internally with amongst you know with each other for years and <clears throat> we've talked about it a little bit on, on this podcast but letting things go as you start to take you know different steps in your own personal journey in the company that you start and it's like it's one thing it's it's, it's tough to do because whether you're a perfectionist or you want something done a certain way right. conveying the way that you want it done and then re- having to rely on someone else to do exactly what you think they're going to do it's, it's hard mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what I, what I learned is like you, you let it go and you 
the base the first and second time are never going to be like quote unquote right because it's like they're not they can't read your brain and they're going to figure their own way out but then the third time is often when it's better than what you could have done and you're like it's true damn that's a good idea <laughs> yeah. like yes we should do that and that's and that's where like you know and obviously there's I'm so work. glad i came up with it <laughs> that's where you do some course course corrections down the road like sometimes like the ideas are going far left field and you're like all right maybe maybe not let's not do that but mm-hmm. we're back in but it is great when you have you know a team of people who start doing stuff like one of the ads we made this year we gave the guy a brief and he came back and i was like dude i i have no feedback for you this is insane and it was just like such a great, great flow and everything to it. And I couldn't have directed him to get there. He had to get there by himself. And, yeah. you know, like, sure, we gave him a brief and stuff like that. But he took it, you know, from, you know, 20, 20 to 100 kind of thing. And it's, it's pretty cool because uh, I don't want to work, you know, 24 hours a day. Kind of getting <laughs> this point where I'm like, oh, no, like, vacation sounds great. Like, play yeah. a surf trip to the Costa Rica this spring. Like, yeah, it's be pretty fun. <laughs> and, and similarly, you know, on how we, we reconnected on this is like, you know, that email was a combination of a lot of people's input. Yeah. You know, and you know, everyone's kind of doing their job, staying in their lane, trying to be as, you know, I guess productive as you can mm-hmm. for the, for the, for the company. And it's like that particular thing was, you know, everyone kind of inputting something and that's what mm-hmm. it came out with. And you're like, damn. Yeah, you're like, how do I make the Sick. best? How do we make the best gift guide ever? And you start throwing these ideas around. It's like, wait, what if we just make a blinking dot? <laughs> just click here, gift guide. It's true. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you, like, yeah, the, uh, like the goal was to get people to click, get to the gift guide. And, mm-hmm. and if we show it to them too early, they, maybe they don't click. Right. Right. Yeah. And then they're they're making the decision process. And also, like, I think it's like knowing your audience and knowing the time of year. Like, I don't, I don't know about you, but I've gotten uh, probably five. I got five gift guides this morning alone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's a crazy. And if you want, A, you want to be different, but you can't also be annoying where someone's like has to work too hard for it. <clears> but you know, before that you have to build a trust, which gets where he did. Right. So that's like checked off. It's the right time of year. Everything like it's a, it's a multifaceted thing for sure. So yeah. I, I see it working if like, I'm <clears throat> cause I get a lot of gift guys too, right? Obviously mm-hmm. you buy stuff online, you sign up for the newsletter, whether you mean to or not, and you get these emails. And I, I feel like it works for retail. If, if the person's is looking for something so specific, Mm-hmm. Like I'll use like Viore clothing, for example. Yep. I, I buy a ton of Viore clothing. I think yep. their clothes are awesome. They send an email gift guide. It's a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. on the email. It, it's a gorgeous email, mm-hmm. right? Awesome. I, I'm not necessarily going to get driven to the website from that email. Mm-hmm. But if there's a product mm-hmm. that's on sale, like if it's like, hey, this short mm-hmm. on sale today, I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I love those shorts. I'm yep. going to go. Yep. But if it's a, a guide, for example, we're talking about, it's not going to draw me in. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not going to go to the site unless it's for, for something really specific. And, right. you know, for this particular, you know, case, like we wanted people to shop. And of course, like having that there is not to mm-hmm. George's point, it's not necessarily getting them to the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a kind of the thought process behind it. I yeah. think it was our highest open rate on any email we've ever sent. Yeah. I think. Open rate or click through rate? Oh, I'm sorry. Click, click. Yeah. Click I, I believe it, man. Cause it's like, you want to, like, there's also this intrigue. It's like, what is this? Like what's, what's, what's behind the door kind of thing. And there's, like not a big risk, like you say, you really trust, you know, Ski Monster, right? So there's not a big risk, to like click on it. You know, you're not gonna be spammed by something, right? right. So you know it's gonna be at least good. Mm-hmm. And if it turns out to be great, then like, you're gonna start buying like all these under 100, 150, like all these different options and stuff. Mm-hmm. You start like figuring out, like, oh, what do I want kind of thing. But I think to your point too is, I think people forget like, especially email marketing, if they, they try to cover too many things, like this is something we struggle with too and we're trying to cut back on it is like, everybody's trying to do, like ha- offer like, the entire enchilada. And you're like, no, 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 the cheese, the cheese is really good. And just like focusing on these specific things is like a lot easier because people, you know, you know, how many emails we all get in these days? So it's mm-hmm. insane. So like focusing on fewer, especially if you know your target audience, like you can 
figure out what people are clicking on and stuff like that. So obviously there's like a, a rabbit hole and like data analytics you can go down. But if you start getting that stuff, it's like really interesting. Then you can also give people what they are actually looking for instead of something that they're zero interest in overall mm-hmm. better consumer. It's like you're saying, like, you know, appointment only now. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Because you're showing up and you're going to give them like the best, like literally the best experience anyone could possibly get in a ski shop. Like the only thing that would, would match it is if somebody happens to walk in in a dead store and the owner's right there, right? But what you guys are doing is guaranteeing <laughs> basically an empty store, like a, a store just for them mm-hmm. for that period of time with owners and other extremely knowledgeable people and stuff. So I, I don't know. When I saw online, when I typed in like Ski Monster for directions, and I was like, oh, maybe this like appointment only thing is um, like from the COVID era kind of thing. It's like, no. It's live. That's sick. It's yeah. live. So and, you know, we've talked about it, and we're going to continue to talk about it on this podcast. Um, but it's amazing <clears throat> how many people, when they see it, or you talk about it with them, that, and they're like, they still don't believe it. Mm-hmm. They're like, really? Mm-hmm. Appointment only? And you're like, yeah. And then you kind of start to slowly peel back the layers. You talk about how it makes sense and why mm-hmm. and the experience, and then everyone literally always leaves us. And they're like, that's fucking, that, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I've got some friends who, like, are either new to skiing or they're kind of jumping back into it again. And skiing is really expensive, right? And if you're just going to jump in willy-nilly, like, it's a, it's a lot to ask for kind of thing. And you're like, oh, I'm like, oh, we're going to spend, I mean, on the low end, like, a couple grand. And the high end, like, many, many grand, right? Mm-hmm. To get going with it. And if you start choosing wrong, it's a scary, scary thought. Because, like, most of the time you can't return stuff, right? So if you drill a pair of skis, you can't return that. And, like, you know, start using a boot, it's hard to return that. Like, so if you can get it right the first time, yeah, like... I don't know, we like we always tell like our ski finders and stuff like that. We <clears throat> if we're on the phone with somebody, we're always like if they're looking for a ski that we don't offer, we'll just like here go to Jay, go to Forefront, or go to Armada. He's like, hey, this ski is really sick for what you're looking for. Like I was chatting with our actually one of our customers, and he was like, hey, I'm looking for this ski, um, but I don't love your endurance 98. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, and he's like, well, with the 88, and he basically was explaining what he was looking for, and I was like, dude, honestly, based on what you're telling me, um, we'll take back your 98, but you also like the 80 it's not for you you should go buy us like declivity 92 ti like that's the ski you should really be on and i was like all right sounds good great and i think it's like important to be able to have that you know feedback loop because at the end of the day if you have a good customer experience they're going to tell their friends right and mm-hmm. I don't know, it's not about something like the single pair of skis like it's all gonna be fine it's just like getting them right you know right customer yeah i mean <clears throat> tsm boston you know owes a lot of its growth and, and what it is today from word of word of mouth really I mean, our word of mouth, you know, from 2014 when we first started until until now, or I guess you could say before appointment only, is the reason why, <clears throat> outside of COVID, of course, that you, you we had to go appointment only. I mean, mm-hmm. 2019, it was like so many people were telling their friends or other people or family members or whatever, go to Ski Monster, go see mm-hmm. George for your boots, like yeah. go talk to Dylan, you know, mm-hmm. go see oh, whatever, right? And then they all come. Yeah. And, w- and well, like, what are you supposed to do then? Like, I, it's crazy because like we tried so hard to make that a thing. Right? Like, man, we got to get people to show up to this store. Or we're gonna yeah. be fucked, you know. And then literally, you're like, and it's a bad experience for them. Three people. Yeah. And <laughs> they're sitting like waiting in line, and like, yeah, you know, they're like their fourth coffee, and they're just like, dude, man, it's taking forever. And then it's a bad experience. Yeah. And then you're getting well. Then you're asking them to spend a bunch of money after that. Yeah. And then they have other customers breathing down their neck. Yeah. When they're they just got done waiting. Yeah. Now they're stressed out. They've had way too much caffeine. Yeah. Over caffeinated jittering. Yeah. Or they're hungry. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Definitely hangry. Yeah. And now and now you feel obligated to, to give them a discount. Yep. Because they've been waiting. Yep. So you're like, dude, I'm really sorry. I'll hook you up a little bit here. I'll hook you up a little bit there. And like, oh, oh, I really appreciate that. I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. So now you're cutting into your margins because yep. you're trying to make sure you don't get a one star review, mm-hmm. which is crazy. 
So now, you know, another part of the thing with appointment only that's really fun is that you control your own reviews because you know if someone comes in, mm-hmm. the experience that they're going to have, it's, it's a five-star experience. It's going to be good. So you're only going to get one-star reviews if someone tries to come in. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, we'll take anyone that we actually help as a five-star versus mm-hmm. like back in you know, 2019 and before, mm-hmm. you're, you're, getting, you're getting reviews. And obviously as a business person, like you're, you're, you're kind of glued to those. You, you, you want to know what people yeah. are, 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 are thinking or saying. And you're like, fuck, I don't remember that guy. Or oh, yep. did I talk to her? Or is that me? And yeah. now you know. Yep, 100%. 100%. You yeah. control it. And, yeah. and, and so when you get ones, it's because people are basically saying, well, I want to come in. And you're like, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. But like, we don't have anyone to help you. Yeah. And then someone actually reads that one star and they're like, you're, com- you're giving them one star because they, you know, were booked out because they're doing such a good job that they're booked. Like, yeah, it doesn't really like, no. check. that's not a review, man. That's just a complaint. Like it's mm-hmm. a complaint. Go somewhere else. It's fine. And, and, true. and, yeah, and there's, true. and there's people in the city, unfortunately, that like, you know, they've never been told no. So you deal with that, mm. um, which is fine because everyone that does come in, we, it, dude, then, yeah. Cause then you, then you can give like the great experience to people who are willing to just wait a smidge. Right. It's, it's, it's an awesome experience. I mean, not just for the consumer, of course, that's the, the, the most important thing, but also for us. Yeah. Staff, everyone that has appointments, it just makes everyone's day better. Yeah. So when are you guys going to implement the AI software so soon? That, you know, you have just bought the bottom. Dude, I still can't well, stop thinking about this. <laughs> I can it, tell. It, it just, it's so accurate, right? Like it just, the fact that like, cause skiing is just such an amorphous, it's such a, you can't, it's like, always, it's like a, Crack an egg in the bowl and a little shell goes in there. Like trying to get the egg out of the bowl, you're always like chasing around with your <laughs> yeah, finger. Oh, yeah. But you worst. can't get your finger on it, right? And that's what skiing is. Like you're, there's never the perfect thing, exact this. It's like they're yeah. getting this area over here, whatever it is. Like you can't put your finger on it. And that's what skiing is. And I think that AI like summed it up perfectly in a very accurate, especially with the ski, like the East Coast versus West Coast. It's like, what? The fact that it did it in what, Incredible. five seconds too? Yeah. I know. And I have so <laughs> many screenshots of like the. The other questions I've asked, dude, it's it's unbelievable. It yeah. is, it is crazy. That's wild. Well, I'm glad that your your um, you know window watching experience led to you you know building a, yeah. a ski company, which is yeah. pretty rad. Your exit was a lot more fun than mine. <laughs> I pretty much <laughs> just I pretty much just I, walked I, off just the job, <laughs> dude. I, I, I mean, it, I mean, it was like my biggest thing with that is like a boring. It was really hard because it was just like the same thing over and over again. And so I like, you know started hiring things out, and my sister took it over for a couple of years, and she crushed it, dude. She just like. We grew like 44% two years in a row. And I was like, dude, this is a, like, it wasn't a big business, but it was, it had been, it was mature at that yeah. point. It was 12 years old. And then she stacked on 44 and then a 46 or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, it worked out. Um, but it is, it's a hard job. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it is hard because it's just like, it's mentally hard because it's hard to be, you're not, you're not jackhammering and stuff no, like that. It's, but. it's monotonous and it's hot. Yeah. And, and you're you have, on ladders. And you have to do a good job. Like you can't, yeah. if you miss a spot, everybody knows where it is, you know? Well, so, so my last week, essentially, so it was my, it was my buddy's uncle who, who owned the company. So mm-hmm. I was working, I was working for him, you know, as like a summer gig or whatever. And it was my last week. It was like the last week of August. It was like 110 degrees. It felt like, you know, like yeah. I'm up like three floors up, you know, he's inside in the AC, like pointing <laughs> like, Hey, you know, you missed it. You missed it. <laughs> and I'm like this, like, I'm, I'm like, Bri. Oh. And, he, and I'm like, you know, there's bees and shit. And he's like literally on the inside. And I'm like, and he, and he knew it was my last week. So he's just going to be a dick the whole week. Oh you know? my God. So, and so it gets to Friday essentially. And he's been like a total asked me all week long and he's like oh you know him and the other couple of guys are like oh yeah girl, big girl going back to school starting a company with his buddy oh yeah <laughs> you know and the whole week it was just like oh yeah mr big shot you know and yeah here he comes mr big shot you know and and so literally he's like i'm i it was the last it was the end of the day on friday like kind of end of the day and i just like uh, i had enough 
I basically like took off my 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 utility belt, yeah. you know, with all the paper towels oh, yeah. and shit. And I was like, I'm fucking out. The house that we were at was close enough for me to walk to like where my car parked. Uh, I didn't see a bar. <laughs> no, I, I, I should no, I should have. I where my car was parked, and I, I basically was like, I'm out, Bri, I'm out. And, yeah. and and he's like, you'll be back. You'll be back next summer, dude. I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah, when your ski company, your little ski company fails, I, oh. I'll be here. To, and I'm like, fuck you, Bri. Pretty, pretty much how it went down. Damn. Yeah. I mean, he's a great guy. We're, we're still friends. Right. He's awesome. Still. He's, 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 still, he's just razzing me, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was, it was, that's kind of how my, 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 my job ended for, for window washing. Well, I was what, like, I, mean, I go, Bri, the next time I call you, it's going to become to clean my windows. <laughs> have you done that? Yeah. Oh, I've asked him to clean their windows as many times. He That's, tells me. He says like, you, no. He tells me that I can't afford them. <laughs> Dude, yeah, now. That's awesome. No, he's he's the man. That's Uncle Bry's so the man. Uh, his kids. Um, they actually went to. It's a pretty funny story. I saw him a few years ago, and uh, his son Dylan ended up going to Plymouth State University in New Hampshire, and they were doing a, a ski tour there. And he was walking through, and there was. Um, there was like a big sign and it had like a ton of ski monster stickers on it. Mm -hmm. And he was like, dad, isn't that the guy that used to work for you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, it's fucking sweet. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to Plymouth state. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, that wasn't the sole reason, but he yeah, ended up going yeah. to Plymouth state. And it was like, he's telling me the story how Dylan saw it. I was like, that's pretty yeah, rad. Brad. That's sick. That's, that's pretty awesome. Rad. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was, that was a fun time. And uh, I'm glad I didn't have to call him back, which is good, which is great. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so you take, you take that money and now, now, you know, Renown has started, and I, you've told this story, I think, a couple of times. I've seen it a couple of times, but I'm interested in it and how you came up with the name. And oh, yeah. you don't have to go too detail. You go to detail as you like, but, like, it's it, it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. We were, so it was, uh, we used to be called East Coast Skis, which, try saying that three times fast. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's the yeah, that would have been tough. rough. That it's is tough. tough. And also, like, you're then you're pigeonholing <laughs> yourself to selling to people who, like, not only ski on the East Coast, but love to only ski on the East Coast, which is about three people. Right, because like everybody, like no one goes from the West Coast like, oh, I want to go ski Stowe. They're like, no, I'm gonna go ski Vale or Beaver Creek or whatever. Right, like no one from the West Coast like comes here to go skiing. It's always the other way around, which is great, which is fine. Um, but with a name like East Coast Skis, we were just like pigeonholing ourselves, like shooting ourselves on both feet and trying to go skiing kind of thing. Um, and so I basically we had a business plan competition coming up, and we needed a new name. So I uh, bought a, like a case of beer, PBR, and locked my buddies in a room. Uh, literally was like we're we're gonna drink this and we're gonna we and i poured out scrabble i was like we have to everybody picks up seven seven letters and we're just gonna ideate all night long and we just sat there for a couple of hours just drinking pbr and stuff like that and we had we put like 20 words at the end of the night and like the you know handwriting's like worse and worse and worse yeah. as you go down kind of oh, thing. yeah and then the next morning we looked at lists like <laughs> immediately disqualified like 15 of them because like okay that's definitely not gonna be a name <laughs> um, and and one of them was renowned and, and it just like it stuck out i was like oh well this is like, you know, world renowned. This is really cool and stuff. So we like stuck with that. And it literally took two years before I realized it was misspelled. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look, I, I Googled it. I was like, wait, R-E-N-O-W. Oh, it's supposed to be a W. <laughs> but it like turned out it would work out because if we could, we could get that, you know, that you are actually, we could get the trademark pretty easy. The URL I actually bought from a guy in Pennsylvania. I, I typed in, you know, renowned the proper way or the, our way. And it takes you to like this site. It's like this hosted by whatever. If you want to buy it, come here. And I, talk, I was talking to GoDaddy people, and they're like, yeah, well, we can facilitate a purchase for you and all that stuff. And I was like, dude, I'm just going to call them. Like, dude, do not call them. I was like, why can't I call them? I don't know. That's not the way to do it. You need to work through, like, official channels and stuff like that. That's the way you know, like, you sure it's the best price. And I was like, fuck that. So I called the guy. I found, because you can search, like, you know, who owns URLs and stuff like that. So I called him, and I was like, hey, what's up? I think it was like Brian or something. I was like, hey, Brian, my name is Cyrus. You don't know who I am. 
um, I started a ski company up in Vermont and we named it Renown. Like, I want to buy the URL from you and stuff like that. I was like, I don't have any money, um, but like maybe you're some, like, would you be interested? And he's like, oh, how about a pair of skis? So literally I shipped him a pair of skis and like when he got them, he was like, all right, here's a login and just like, boom. I Sick. Got, so I bought wow. the name for a pair of skis. Oh, that's I, really rad. And I can't believe that like, they actually like, because it's, it's a great name, right? Because like at the end of the day, Renown, like the thing is, it's not renowned ski company. It's not renowned skis. It's like renown. It's like we, it's like a, we could be a, a Hollywood production company. We could be a car company. We could be a, a ski company. We can be anything. And like the name Renown is specifically supposed to be kind of amorphous and like adapt with us over the years and stuff like that. So yeah. it worked out great to have like we wanted just like the renown.com URL and not some like renown.co or like renownskis.com. Mm-hmm. So let's like you know our our Instagram handle right now is renownskis, and uh, like I really want to. We've been trying to get just renown because long term, that's like where you want to be going. Right. After, so. I mean, and naming is it's so important. I mean, because you, you, you kind of get one shot, yeah. you know, <clears throat> you really do. And you, you want to get it right because you're like, this is, this is going to be, you know, you're going to morph. The company's going to morph into the, into this. Okay. You know? Do you think the, it's going to, the company's going to morph into it or the name morphs in the company? I think, you could, I, it I think it could go either way, to be honest with you. I think there's scenarios where it can go either way. Yeah. I mean, there's this like trillion dollar company that's named after a fruit, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if you can be named Apple, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that's true. Go, yeah. right? That's true. It's insane. But also, yeah, yeah that's very true. Um, I, I don't know how he got that one so right, but he did. Yeah, but I think it's like they made it right because yeah. at the end of the day, I, it's a bad name. Like, if, if you were to <laughs> yeah, as a business plan competition <laughs> kind of name, it's the worst name ever. Yeah. Um, but you know, you start building enough around it, and you know, they now have you know computers synonymous with like beauty and art, which mm-hmm. like computers are super nerd and you've got beauty and art. Like that's like the, I think what Apple's, you know, well, there's a lot in that, I suppose. But um, yeah, I think, they, I think they built that name to be worth. Well, it I, it's funny that you, that you use that as an example because I literally think about that clip from Forrest Gump probably like once a week. Which one? Where he basically says, you know, apparently Lieutenant Dan invested in some kind of fruit company. Oh. <laughs> and then we got a letter in the mail one day and says, and we don't you know, have to worry about money no more. <laughs> that's, so that's no, good. I never really one last thing. Forrest, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> He opens it up. It's just an apple. He's like, oh, fruit company. Oh, cool. Why not? <laughs> I never realized that, actually. I used to watch the movie all the time. It's a great yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, it's run, funny. Forrest, run. Yeah. So it, it, and the it's, Macintosh is named after a type of apple. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's good. Yeah. It's good. Makes Mac. great, makes great uh, apple crisps. That's what I'm known for. <laughs> we, so we similarly, you know, we, when we first started, like the, we didn't you know, come up with a name and mm-hmm. we're like, we can't be called like George and Eric's you know, ski right. shop yeah. or Georgia or, or whatever, you know, we wanted to sound like we were like way bigger mm-hmm. than what we were. So, you know, ultimately we landed on the ski monster. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, it was only the, because similar issue mm-hmm. is that ski monster was taken. Mm. So, you know, we're like, all right, well the ski monster, Boom. you know, cool. And now I'm so glad that, that we went that route because like TSM, it, it, it's like the ski monster. Yeah. It's there's one. Yeah. yeah this is the this place is it. to be. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm glad it worked out that way because I, the, the ski monster, anyway, to me anyways, it, it just sounds so much more like, mm, yeah, yeah, than just sure. ski monster. And weren't you saying too, like your logo was like a one hit wonder too. You're like, let's, let's just design something. And somebody did it. Yeah. And it was like, Giorgio can tell you that story. Yeah. Yeah. I posted a bulletin on uh, MySpace. <laughs> Wait, sorry. What? MySpace. MySpace. Wow. MySpace. Dating Tom, ourselves now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So it worked. Yeah. yeah, it worked. Posted Dude. a bulletin, dollar, dollar, dollar sign, graphic designer needed. <laughs> in, uh, the dollar, 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 dollar sign. Oh. Was there a gift? This doesn't seem like a scam. And the first logo looked exactly like the Outdoor Tech logo, the current mm-hmm. one before yep. Outdoor Tech yep. had one. 
And I was like, oh, no, that looks like a headphone company. We can't do that. And then uh, uh, I was like, it needs to look like a, a face and, you know, something you could relate to because of this boat, you know, that we saw in Lake Minnetonka with this Brahma bull called Del Toro. And um, the first version of it, it looked a lot like a house. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, you, if you're looking at our logo right now, like this came all the way down. Yep. And there were no straight. ears on it. And then the next version, honestly, it looked kind of like a dick. It was kind of weird. Did, did <laughs> you had one like that too. <laughs> For real. East Coast Ski. You put it together like, that's a, that's a dick. You know what Every great company has gone through a dick phase. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then it looked less like a dick, and now we got what we got. Yeah. Johnson. Yeah. It, 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 and now it looks like a monster. It, uh, yeah. but it, it's, it's, but that's the thing is, it's not a monster. It, it is like your brain sees something familiar. And mm-hmm. like, if you tell me a ski monster, yeah, okay, I, I see it. But that, when I see it, it's not like an instantaneous. And I think that's, what's important about good design is like, it reminds you of something that you don't have to think about. It's, it's there in your back of your head and then boom, but it's still re- like new and fresh. So it makes it more yeah. recognizable and unique when it doesn't mm-hmm. look too much like an actual monster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like when we were doing our logo, like the number of mountains we got was insane. Or, you know, when you take the R and you, like, make the R look really cool. That's finally, like, triangle. It means change. And authenticity and integrity, those are great. Let's make a triangle and stylize it. And that's what, that's what our logo turned into. And I was also, like, we went through a bunch of stuff, and I talked to my friends. Um, I was like, dude, can you take a crack at this? And he literally just, like, sent me that logo, and I was like, whoa, that's good. Yeah. And we just, like, <laughs> it, the only thing we changed is, like, the top of it is, like, slightly rounded. Like, there's three pixels. Like, no joke, there's, like, three or four pixels that are missing from the top, so it's, like, slightly rounded. Um, you can't see my shirt, but, like, that's all it was. And it is because otherwise, if you don't do that, it looks like a coat hanger. It's this crazy thing in your brain that oh. if, you, if they're, actually, you know, if the, if the bottoms are, are rounded, sorry, if all three are rounded, it looks like a coat hanger. But if the bottoms are squared, hmm. which is like literally three pixels, or like in a t-shirt, it's like one thread of silk, whatever. Whoa. Uh, this is not silk, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. I was just counting. Wow, you're selling some skis, huh? I know. Yeah. Well, the, no, this is fresh picked from Vermont <laughs> cotton fields. <laughs> there was one version prior to that that from another, it was from a different guy, I think. Uh, George can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was from a different designer and it mm-hmm. looked kind of like a Sasquatch. It was like a Sasquatchy. Yep. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's your monster, whatever. And then to to your point, right? You're like, well, you look at that and you just think like, oh, there's a monster or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where and then to your point, it, this is, looks like a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And, and you just associate the brand with this yep. versus associating the brand with a Sasquatch. Yeah. It actually, and I think we've said this before, but it looks a lot like, you know, outdoor tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. It, it, I, I think that's I think they end up using that our original logo that's so it wasn't it was never our logo i should say what was sent over the idea yeah the idea of it which is pretty wild yeah it's like even starbucks right they they've been moving away from like writing the word starbucks and they just use like this the the that's not fair the the mermaid yeah and like they're just transitioning away from all words altogether kind of thing i mean Mm -hmm. just like you know tesla or any big company just like they just try to have a single simple image that makes you think of the entire thing speaking of tesla i heard a rumor that uh (laughs) Have you sold Mr. Musk skis? No, we gave them to him. You gave them to him? Yeah, we found Musk. So, yeah, I mean, this is like three, four years ago now, four years ago now. Yeah. Okay. Before he, like, you know, became the richest man, everybody hated him and all the whole fun yeah. stuff, bought yeah. Twitter and all that jazz. But, like, yeah, so I've always been a Tesla fan. Like, I found him when I was in high school. I was like, this is a crazy cool company. They're just mainly like Lotus things with batteries inside, like, whoa. And um, so, kind of just followed them as they grew. And then, yeah, I think it, I forget exactly what year it was, but we just took one of our graphics and I was like, "Hey, can you just make this thing red? We'll put a Tesla logo on it." So we did that, and then um, underfoot it says like 
you know, for Elon Musk, like the man who's like, cause our whole thing is like, break, you know, break, the rules are meant to be broken or like welcome to the future. Yeah. And so we're like, you know, to Elon Musk, the, the man who's like a daring to break a couple of rules. Uh, and it's like one of one. And uh, I was in my office one day and this guy came in and we were just talking about skis and all that jazz. And he was like, yeah, well, I gotta, I gotta run. I gotta catch my flight. I was like, oh, where are you going? He's going to Paris for like the show. And I was like, oh, what show? He's like, oh, the auto show. He's like, yeah, we're gonna go hang with Elon. And he's gonna show me their car and everything. And I was like, when you say Elon, do you mean Elon Musk? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know Musk. He's like, oh yeah, we've been like friends. It's one of those things. Like you've been friends for a long time. Your friends get famous and stuff like that. And like, they're still, you're just your friend right. Elon, right? And I was like, I got a question for you. And I showed him the skis. I was like, can you get these to him? He's like, oh, for sure. And so we just boxed him up and he, and he sent me the address, like where I sent it to. And we fired off and he wow. sent the snow back. So like, hey, thanks for the skis. Oh, so cool. I don't, so I don't cool. know if he ever wrote like skied them or anything. I was going to ask you, like, do you ever send a picture? I, like, I, don't, I yeah. doubt it, honestly. But the fact that uh, he got them, I thought it was like pretty, pretty sweet. It's so. really sweet. Yeah. He just drops like a sick edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, he can throw a nine. <laughs> Dude, so, and when, when you started building this, because I wanted to ask you this too, because I, I was curious. You, you told me this back when, you know, I first met you when we were at Red Mountain mm-hmm. and at the bar. And I was like, dude, how did you, how did you like start building the skis after you dropped out of school? And you're like, oh, they let me build them at school. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all set. I'm not going to start. You send any more hey, checks. Got, yeah. But like, I'm going to build the skis and shared space at Clarkson. Like, yeah. how did that, how did you approach that? Yeah. I think, well, we already had a space uh, that we had been using. And so it was like kind of established and whatnot. And I think at the end of the day, like the building needed to be used. And we, and we, I don't see still are, but like there's some element of like, they still like, apparently I haven't been there for a while, but apparently like there's my face and all more than one hallway down there. Just <laughs> kind of, kind of like, Dude, that's awesome. And I dropped out. I remember they actually, they, the president had me come back and talk to the, uh, like the alumni, all the donors and stuff like that. And he introduced me. He's like, Hey, this is Cyrus Shank. He did aeronautical engineering and all this crazy stuff. And he was like, he, like hyped me up. And then I walked up. I was like, so, um, what Tony didn't say was I dropped out of this college. <laughs> and like everybody loved it. But it was just like, you know, I, I do, at the end of the day, like, you know, Clarkson, I, I love it. And I'm glad I left for my own reasons and stuff like that. Yeah. But basically, I think that at the time, they just saw us as like, this is a cool like, idea. And they, they would always bring people by. And in fact, like the reason why they bought, they, when they brought everybody by is like when I realized that we were, weren't building anything different because we were just building normal skis at the time. It was like skis with metal edges, wood cores, ABS sidewalls, top sheets, and bases, like same thing. And I remember describing after like, the fourth or fifth time, I'm like, man, this is the same. Wait, so we're using aeronautical principles and like engineering principles. Like what, K2 doesn't have a ski engineer? Mm-hmm. Like, of course, you know, everybody has one, yeah. right? They're, and they're really good. And so I realized like we're just doing the same thing as everybody else. And, it, and that really spurred, like when I came across the non-Newtonian stuff, it was like, oh, this is something that's like genuinely different. And that's what's like kind of spun off the whole like technology side of it. And you know now the, obviously the root of like the entire company and everything, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, Clarkson just was like, "This is a cool thing, and it's really fun to bring our donors and like alumni past you know past this guy because he's like always covered in sawdust and he's got boogers hand in his mouth or his nose because the <laughs> sawdust go up your nose yeah. and you couldn't. Oh, it was so bad you couldn't breathe. But uh, it's like this is Cyrus, class of uh, yeah, he's, he's uh, <laughs> honorary he's, degree holder. Yeah, he's graduating <laughs> sometime. <laughs> so yeah, but let me let me do that and then. Uh, I mean, cause that, that's just a wild, I, I mean, it's, it's so bold and cool on your end, but like, I remember you telling me that story the first time. And I think I was like, you know, we're drinking, I've having a couple of cocktails and I'm like, I'm, I'm like listening to you talk and like also thinking like, 
wow, what a, like what a bold strategy. Like, let me just go back to where I left. I'm like, I'm just going to use this area. They're like, yeah. oh yeah, of course. Yeah, sounds they, good. They have at it. Yeah. And uh, they let us use it for like years. I remember I, we had the press sat there for almost a year and a half after we moved to like, we hired a, a real manufacturer. Um, Cause I realized like building your own skis is like brewing your own beer. Like you can do that. And it's like fun to like share with your buddy. Like, oh, dude, check this out. And you're like, oh, well, it's kind of hazy. And like, I'm a little, I have a headache now, but you know, it's cool. Cause you made it. <laughs> it's like, that's what like, you know, a garage, like, I want to say like, just smaller operations and stuff. Like it's, it's cool. Cause it's like your friend built it. But if you're going to sell a ski beyond like your friend group or like in your local community and stuff like that, and you want to brew beer for like the country or the world, you have to do it right. And so when we, anyway, we moved manufacturers that our press that we had it sat there for like two years and ended up selling it for a dollar to these kids in high school. And they were so pumped. Sick. My, my only rule though is they had to move it because it weighed like 2,000 pounds. Yeah. So we like had to dismantle it and they pulled it down the elevator and yeah, but we got it out. That's rad. So, wow. And you got hooked up through initially, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, you got hooked up with your current manufacturer or manufacturer at the time by Jay Lett, yeah. right? Yeah. I was talking to him. So Jay... Dude, he's the man. So I have you been to his new space? Dude, I haven't. Hey, dude, it's, it's your town, dude. I know. I need to go. I missed the opening night. I was like, oh, I'll go. And Jay's like, dude, you should come down anytime. I was like, I will. And I've been meaning to, but I've heard it's insane. Incredible. It's awesome. Oh, it's, so, it's, it's sweet. Yeah. It's sweet. When we, when we did that pod there with him, um, I didn't, I guess I didn't really know what to expect. You know, and George probably said it best when we were there. And he's like, you know, like we go into a lot of retail spaces, whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're not g- genuinely like blown away by yeah. said retail o- situation. Right. And he cried, he just crushed it. Well, I think cause like his goal isn't to try to sell as many skis as possible. His goal is to create a space where people want to hang out. Yeah. Right. And when I think that's the, 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 the small shift, you can still buy skis, you can still buy t-shirts, you can still buy sweatshirts, but it's like when you flip the script and you're like, my goal isn't to sell you stuff. My goal is to make you have fun and have an experience. It changes how you design stuff, and it's a small thing in our brains. They just like you feel more welcome. You you want to hang out more, and then you trust the people more, and all that jazz. So yeah, yeah, Jay's yeah, crazy awesome. I mean, it made me want to buy. I mean, we all bought stuff when we were there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you walk in, I'm like, dude, I, we, I can't leave the yeah, store without like I, mean, I got to buy a hat yeah. or like a t-shirt or something. This is so cool. Yeah, I, I like you're like hooked. This. You're like I got to I got to get my hands on something. Yeah. Yeah. But, but so he, so sorry to cut you off, but so no. he was a, didn't you, you pitched it to him or something like that? Yeah. So I had this, um, this like a example of a non-Antonian material and I found his phone number in the phone book and you know, just like just Jason Lementhal, like nine, eight, five, like zero, zero, one, two or whatever. And I called his house. I was like, Hey Jay, my name is Cyrus. Like, you don't know who I am, but I want to build skis and I want to show you something. He's like, okay, kid, whatever. Like come by the office tomorrow at noon. So I came by and I pulled out this goo and I was like, I'm going to put this. And I wrapped it in my finger and it was like kind of gooey and soft. And I took a hammer and I smashed it. I was like, I'm putting this inside skis. And he lets have, as you know, Jay does, right? Sits back and he, like the veins, his neck, and he just was laughing so hard. <laughs> he was just losing it. And he's like, dude, I've been doing this for like 25 years. I thought I saw it all. This is insane. And you should absolutely try this. This is insane. <laughs> and uh, he was like, this is crazy. But then two years later, three years later, we won Isbo Gold. And I just forwarded him the email and he's like, no way. That's pretty wild. That's so, sick. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be here without Jay for sure. He's got like, he loves skiing so much. And uh, he brings like authenticity behind everything he does like to a, the nth degree. His, his energy levels are contagious. Yeah. Um, it, there's no doubt about that. I mean, yeah. and similarly with him, when we, when we discussed the appointment only thing, like it, we, we weren't even really trying to talk about it. He was just kind of like, oh, hold on, time out a second. Like mm-hmm. he was just like kept bringing it up and kept bringing it up. Yeah. And he, he, it's like he couldn't wrap his head around yeah. that whole thought. And then I think by the time we were, you know, we were done with the podcast and we went out to lunch and hung out, he was literally like, I'm coming to Boston. Yeah. Cause I got, I, I need what, to, I need to like get my eyeballs on yeah. what, what, what is going on. Yeah. Cause he, 
Go ahead. No, and he did, and he came and like he kind of saw it. We were slammed, and he yeah. was just kind of like, "Holy shit!" Because it's not ski. It's not just a normal ski shop kind of thing. You guys like do it differently, which is you know, which is awesome. Now that current manufacturer, or the manufacturer that he hooked you up with, are you still building skis there, or you or you moved? Yeah, so we're still building skis there. We're actually going to expand to another factory. Uh, we're not really sure yet, but it's probably in Europe for next year because we just can't keep up with our, our capacity like right now. We're like this year we're growing like right to I haven't looked to this morning anything like that, but we've been around like sixty to seventy percent right now, which is quite frankly too much. Like it's just we're going to be we're out of half of our skis right now, and we're like on pre order for some of them. Wow! But it's like. I guess it's, it's kind of a cool bounce though. Right? Cause we're getting to the stage now where it's like, do like, how much we want to grow. Um, cause I, I don't want to like, we, we did a couple of years of like 50% year, year, year over year, which is, which is great. And we needed to grow to like, to maintain, to like get to this, like this spot where we can chill. And now we're like, Oh, we're here now. And it's a really fun kind of like, kind of like the J thing. It's like, you know, it's like, if you don't have to push, if you're not pushing as many skis as you possibly can, it changes how you design a space like, like his. And likewise, if it's like, okay, if you're not having to, um, grow as much, or if you try to like, you know, cop yourself, it changes how you, how you do that too. So we're going to be expanding to other, another factory uh, for next year to increase your capacity, but it's like how much we want to go there. Like how, how big do we want to go 20% next year? Do we want to do that? Try, would you want to try another 60%? Like I personally don't, um, and we don't have to, and it kind of, it's a fun problem to have for sure. Like, yeah, right now I really wish we had more skis. Um, like black Friday, we, we literally like to turn it off early because half of our skis are on pre-order and like we're giving these deals yeah we've got two months to like to sell the rest of this stuff like it's gonna sell we don't need to do this right yeah so i mean it's a good thing to have for sure but I, i'd rather just have skis so yeah we've got the utopia factory right now it's one where you produce in and we will be building overseas like in europe for next year as well to kind of to add the capacity for that um but yeah the utopia factory is kind of crazy they're going through a big expansion like automation and uh it's gonna be pretty sweet it is pretty sweet yeah. it's pretty sweet you're at that spot um when you initially talked to them though, like what was that, what was that conversation? Like, were they like, how many skis do you want to build? Like what's your, cause yeah. I guess I, I don't know, we're not manufacturers, yeah. we're retailers. So like, I've always been curious, especially for someone like yourself, who's like, yeah. right, I'm going to jump into this head first. Mm -hmm. Like you talk to some production floor production guy and he's mm -hmm. like, well, how many are you going to sell? Right. Like, how do you even approach that? Yeah, I do. I think I had like the, the timing could not have been better. Cause like I, the first couple of years I was building skis myself and realized how hard it was, but I also just figured out how to like actually implement this material inside of a pair of skis. So when I met this guy, I just drove up there, cut a pair of skis and had cut a pair of skis in half and showed him like, this is what I've been doing. This is how I do it. And I was like, can you replicate this? And I think the fact that I had built skis lended a lot of credibility because like ski building is really hard. Um, two sides. It's really easy because it's just like a couple layers and you just smash together. It's like a beanie and then you cut it out and like, ta-da, you got a pair of skis. On the flip side, it's like every little detail matters. Like, you know, the space between your tip spacer and your, your sidewall has to be like less than a millimeter. And it and everything moves around. You're, when you smash this thing down, you have a bunch of epoxy and everything's this like floating mess that is getting hotter and it's getting more and more gooey until it solidifies. So, but I think the fact that like I built skis, he was like, oh, okay, this kid knows at least like what he's getting into right. kind of thing. But our first order, I think it was like 47 pairs or 45 pairs or something like that. Um, and uh, I think he just took, he took a gamble on us. Like the first year, I think he was just like, "Wow, like this kid drove up here. Like we'll build him fifty pairs of skis. Like sure, like no skin off our back." And they were pretty, the J or the factory Utopia was smaller at the time too, so it made it a little easier. But yeah, once we uh, like the following years and stuff like that, I think the reason why he like stuck with it was because you know then we the next year we come back actually with that first batch we won ISPO, and he was like, "Whoa, 
Yeah. Like you want you want like the ISPO gold? I'm like, yeah. Like, you don't even know what it is. He's like, you don't know what ISPO is? I'm like, no. He's like, you should go to Europe and check this out. <laughs> so yeah. But I think it was just like one of those things. Like if you like it's it's so rare these days for someone to just show up and you know go above and beyond. And uh, I'm not I don't like pat myself on the back in that capacity, but just like just showing up and like showing something physical. People forget like in the digital world that you know now I, I live in it mostly, unfortunately is uh, it's so hard to like, feel and see things, but when you can sh- physically show somebody something, they're like, oh, you're tall. Like, you know, if you say I'm 6'6", six, six, like, oh, he's 6'6". Six, six. But then you see him like, oh, even though I'm also tall, it's still like, oh, this guy's, this guy's huge. So. Well, I think you should definitely give yourself a pat on the back because it's a pretty ballsy thing <laughs> 100%. to do. 100%. <laughs> I mean, just walking up and be like, look, look at what I built. Like, can you build it now? I mean, that's that takes some nuts, yeah. dude. That, that's pretty sweet. I remember that the scariest thing was like, I remember sitting on the porch, because the, the first bill was $8,000. No, seven thousand dollars. And I had eight thousand in my pocket because I got a refund from Clarkson because I'd prepaid for the following semester that yeah. I dropped out on. So I had eight thousand dollars, and the bill for half of the production was seven. And I remember sitting at my friend's porch, and I was like, "Pa, I don't know what to do. Like, should I even do this thing?" He's like, "Well, what happens if you what happens if you don't do it and you just keep doing engineering?" I was like, "Well, I'll graduate in two years. I'm going to work for GE. I'm going to make this money and go here, and I'm going to die with this much money." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that sounds so boring. And he's like, well, just mapped ha- out my whole life. Yeah. And he's like, what happens if you, if you go for it? What happens if you do it? And I was like, I have no idea, man. He's like, don't you want to find out? Yeah. So I literally, I just left, wired the guy to seven grand, a thousand dollars left. And I had, you know, 6,000 I needed to, to make it, find out, find in the next, you know, yep. six months or whatever. And uh, yeah, off to the races after that. So. That's, that's awesome. That's pretty crazy. That's really cool. I mean, that, that's similar for when him and I found out what websites cost and we were like, I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah. It was, did you add a zero? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was that a typo? Yeah. It, but again, same thing. We were like, well, what, what are we not going to do it now? I'm like, oh, fuck it. We're going to yeah. do it. Or you find a ways around it. Like, okay, maybe we're not going to do this whole thing. We're going right. to pare us exactly. down. Then we're going like, to stack this thing inside. And this is like a little more of a pain in our butt right now, but it'll get us. We'll, this we'll do spot. this first. Yeah. We'll add on, let's get through this year. Let's get through the next year. Yeah. And then just, you kind of just piece it together. Yeah. I think, and sometimes people try to do like too much at once, right? You got to like start small. Like we're, we're launching this fund, uh, January 1st. So we're basically just giving like five grand cash prize to like somebody who's, uh, starting something cool. And, um, the idea is like five grand to start is like, we're, we're going to mess up. And like our criteria for judging people is going to need a lot of tweaking. So like, let's start, let's start small and then like work our, work our way up. Cause if we go off the bat with a huge number, it's going to be a mess. Yeah. So start small, figure it out, see what you need to fix. Cause like, we're not going to make this right the first time. Like even our first skis, like I look back at our very first skis. Yeah. <laughs> they could have been a lot better. I mean, sure. similarly, <laughs> I look back at our very first website. Oh, we're like, dude. Oh, oh, don't, don't. Don't forget. Yeah. It's a twisty little night. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you, you only know what you know until you don't know it. Yeah. You know, it, it, uh, the world's changing so fast too. that like, you know, whatever. Yeah, like it, the the way people buy stuff online. Sometimes I, I still get you can do like those time hop backs. Yeah, and, oh jeez! Oh, so and you like look at it, you're like, goo. Whose idea was that? Was my idea? Oh man, that was a bad banner. Oh, well so you funny. so your <laughs> your very first ski was it the endurance ninety eight? Was that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, well, technically the endurance one hundred nine was, was the first very first ski. And uh, then we quickly based the numbers are this: ninety percent of skis sold in North America are below 100 millimeters, 90%. And people forget that, like, cause we're all too young and we ski too much, right? Cause that most skiers skis 2.7 days a year. Um, they're skiing, you know, on their one vacation a year, maybe two times kind of thing. Uh, that's like, and that's not, that's average obviously, right. but gotta keep in mind like, that so we cut 
or 109 down to a 98 the next, the following year, just because based off those numbers. So like, wait, we're trying to sell into a smaller, like a, a tenth of the market. Like, why would we do that? And that's why, you know, we've got the 80, the 288s and a 98. So we got four of our five skis are below a hundred for that basis numbers reason yeah. kind of thing. But yes, yeah, so we had a 109, cut it down to a 98. And the name endurance was like, basically the ski industry is full of people who like come and gone, especially in like the, you know, the, the world that I started this in, which is like the kind of the garage brand um, level mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so many people kind of come and go and the name, the ski, the endurance was like, to me are just a reminder. It's like, this is gonna be a long haul. This is gonna be something that's gonna take, not just, it won't be like a couple of years. Then we're yeah. like, boom, like, oh, we made a million dollars. And like, oh, hooray. No, it's, <laughs> this is gonna be a long, long thing. There's this explorer, actually, you guys probably know this now, Ernest Shackleton. Um, and he had this ship that he was trying to take it through uh, Antarctica, be like the first crossing. They ended up like sinking. The entire crew survived, but the family motto for the, the Ernest Shackleton, the, the captain, was by endurance we conquer. And that was just, that just stuck mm-hmm. with me. I was like, this is something that we need to treat as a long term company uh because it's otherwise like i can just name a million companies who like you know started and, and stopped just because when the funding runs out and that's why like, the window washing thing you know that also just like filled so many holes that otherwise i would have had to either close down or ask for money from investors that would have put me in a position that long term wouldn't have worked out for the company you know looking back on it kind of thing so yeah so it's the endurance 109 and the endurance 98 and it's still our best-selling ski and that 98 you was that 15 or 16 the, the first one? The or 14. Two, 14, 15 was the 109. Okay. And then 15, 16 was the one was the 98. The reason I'm asking that is because yeah. you guys just redid it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And we've got, we went through a few editions of the, the endurance or like since then, because it's been you know, seven years. But uh, yeah, the most recently, yeah, the new 98, it's sick. And uh, back to what we were saying earlier, we like, we always like trying other people's skis. And you get on a pair of skis, and you're like, that one's really good. Like, better than ours for sure. Yeah. Like, okay. How do we, what would they do in here? How can we incorporate that in our design stuff? Cause you know, at the end of the day, skis are just like, there's a couple factors, but they're, it's art. Yeah. Like trying to, like people have tried to copy the Nordic enforcer to a T right. You can't, it's just an art form. And so for us, it's like, okay, here's the things we like. How do we incorporate that into a ski design in our own way? Uh, we've, I've done my fair share, fair share of designing and building skis that are mathematically perfect and you get on them. And they're the worst ski of every <laughs> ski. <laughs> and it's like, no, you gotta, you like follow, like, I was like, follow your heart, but you gotta follow like what you feel is right. And like, oh, like what do I, like, what do I want to be next? Like, cause right now we can design for today, but what do you want to design for the future kind of thing? So, yeah. Well, we, we were, uh, we went to the lawn factory recently and it, it was really sick. And that made me think of it because like we we're, you know, George got to build a ripstick, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, they were kind of being, you know, they're really strict about photos and all this stuff, mm-hmm. which I totally understand. Mm-hmm. But but we basically were saying to to the guy that was taking us around and he was kind of agreeing and saying it back. It's like, look, like you can give us all the ingredients to build a ripstick. You can b- give it to anybody. You yeah. can tell them like, how, how long it needs to be in the press. You can, mm-hmm. you can give them step-by-step instructions how to lay it up, but they're not going to be able to build it the way that you're building it. No. So like for you to be super nervous about like what we're doing, like we're here just to, to pump you guys up because we, we're big, huge, we're super yeah. fans, right? Yeah. And it's like... It doesn't matter who sees what. Like they literally can't do it right. the same way. Yeah, like we, even for us, like we're brewing, like as we like expand into our factory. Like, hey, here's a CAD, like the CAD file, like with hyper resolution. Let's build another factory. Let's let's bring this model over here. Even that, like just changing factories and bringing it over, isn't gonna like that doesn't translate 100. percent Like that ski has to be, it doesn't completely redesigned, but absolutely needs to be tweaked. Yeah. So yeah, even if you have like the CAD file, which a photo, well, you're not gonna get anything close to that. So right. 
And, and I'm only asking you this because I'm curious and, you know, we haven't been on it, but from your initial, you know, your number one selling endurance mm-hmm. 98 ran it for six ish years or so building the new one. Mm-hmm. What did you, what did you take out or put into the new one that you thought the last one was missing? Weight. Weight's a big thing. We, our skis have like basically have always, we've, they've been too light historically. And so we've actually added more weight into all our skis. Like mm-hmm. they tend to be like a hundred to 200 grams lighter than most competitors. Um, but what we started doing, like for that ski, for example, was we added some metal to it. We th- thickened it up and made it a little stiffer. Um, we changed it, the side cut and the core and you know the flex pattern and rocker camber rock and everything like that. But in, the biggest thing was just adding more weight to it. Because um, before it was, it was I don't want to say feather light, but it was almost as light as our full carbon fiber ski. Which when you're like, you got, here's a 98, you know, our endurance 98, and our, here's our Citadel 106. And the Citadel 106 is more expensive. It has full carbon fiber. And someone's like, with the 98, it's like, literally 38 grams heavier. And you're like, yeah, that's true. Cause 38 grams, no one, like that's a margin error. Like if you weigh two skis, two skis can weigh up to 50 grams different kind yeah. of thing. Mm. So we made it heavier. And in our particular lineup, we moved it away from the, the Citadel 106. So it's a more of its own like standalone product instead of before it was too synonymous, like performance wise with the Citadel 106. Interesting. So yeah, we added weight um, and we got metal to it and a tired turning radius too. Because uh, it before it was, I think at the end of the day, like a good, it depends what you're designing for, but like a good ski should be easy to ski. And yeah. the, the original endurances were really, really fun if you found, or when you found that the envelope of usability kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it was, it was small. Um, and so with this new one, like we basically were able to like, stretch it out. So like if you're super aggressive or like your backseat or like you're just like lazy and you want to just stand upright kind of thing, but the ski is still really fun to ski. Um, and so I think like this new one was way better. Um, because it just has a much broader, like, you know, usability scope kind of thing. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's fun. It's a ski design is like, it's so, like it's saying it's, it's art form, but at the end of the day, like you just go skiing. Like we got a bunch of prototypes we're going through right now and we're like, I guess we got to go skiing and yeah. test these things out. I mean, the prototyping process if, if for us, I, I mean, is one of my favorite parts when, when people include mm-hmm. us in it, you know, it's really cool. Oh yeah. yeah. What are some of your favorite skis or like benchmarks for the Endurance yeah. 98? Yeah, I mean the declivity for sure is awesome. We got it's that such ski, a good ski, and I was like, "That's it's ridiculous! Ski, yeah. It's so good." Yeah, we, and so we were even so to that point and to yeah. all of our points. Like, the, I think this was two years ago now, three years. Ago, I, I can't remember the, the first year of the declivity. We were, we actually we were in Park City and we're doing our Park City kind of lap, mm-hmm. kind of seeing all the all the lineups for next year. And we went out to dinner with a bunch of Rosin all group people, and mm-hmm. they're asked us the question that George essentially just asked mm-hmm. you, and George was like, "Yeah, declivity." The declivity and 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 they were like we don't understand like how this ski is so good yeah yeah it was like, like, it, like, they're like how how is armada building that ski right. so consistently it's, everyone at the table from the Raja group was like we've all skied it it's fucking insane especially coming from armada right right oh like, yeah it's not the ski you expect from those guys at all it's laying like oh let's be fine you get on you're like whoa this thing rips yeah it's, it's like go ahead so the next day we were out with uh hans mm-hmm. you know for lunch at uh deer valley before we went sled hans from armada yeah. yep and um I was like, so how did you not land on declivity faster? And he's like, well, Invictus was our first whack at it. But he's like, honestly, we couldn't afford to do it. Mm-hmm. He's like, sure, we were still built at the Amra factory. But he's like, before we were acquired, that ski, mm-hmm. you know, the declivity, which is 650 or 699, whatever it is, the 92. He's like, we would need to sell that for 1350 or $1,400. Mm-hmm. Which means and, you're selling to a sliver of the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, and the retailer is going to make 
half as much money as you would on this one. He's like, it just didn't work. And like mm-hmm. the economies of scale, yeah. how that changed everything. Once we were acquired, then we were able to build, bring the declivity mm-hmm. to market. Yeah. And that ski is so ridiculous. Good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's a couple skis that I've hopped on in the last few years where I've really gone. Wow. And it's been a ripstick black and a declivity 92 mm-hmm. and the Serpo and the Serpo. Yep. I'll add the Serpo into that. Have you skied that? No, I've not skied that it's, one. And I'm, Wait, who's it from? The Black Rose Serpo. Oh, it, it's I mean, by it's by far their it's by far their best. Game. I'm just thinking like maybe I'm just pronouncing it differently in my head when I read it online. No, it, it was new, <laughs> it, it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing with them. Um, no, it was new for them last year, right? Yeah, last year was the first year. Uh, yes, I think. Yes, I get all my years all messed up. I think last year was the first year of the Serpo, and this is year two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's it's incredible. If you get a chance to to demo or, or grab, yeah, I'll have to grab one. Ski on one, yeah. You should. So Declivity 92, is there, is there any other one? Yeah, I mean, the Ripstick was another one we liked. I mean, the Enforcer, I think it's like it's an awesome ski, but obviously like the market's just changing. And mm-hmm. It's a pretty, pretty heavy ski. Yep. Um, oh, there's one I was thinking about. Uh, shoot. What was it? Uh, I'll, I'll think about it in a second when we've moved on here, I suppose. It's but, all good. I mean, th- yeah. those those three or four right there, I think are pretty good good benchmarks to, yeah. to, to build your yeah, they're really endurance. Good. Oh, shoot, what was the other ski? Well, while you think about that, but before we kind of like bring this thing home, I, I have to ask you because you're probably way further along with this project now than when when I talked about this probably like in 17, maybe, maybe it would have been 17 or 18, something like that. Yeah. Um, you were you were getting into flooring. Oh, yeah. That was like your first, I remember we were talking, you're like, yeah, like I think I'm like, I'm just like doing this thing. I, I, I don't really know. I, I think it's going to work. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm like sick, dude. I mean, that seems like a way better use for this particular technology dude. than like, you know, selling X uh, amount of skis to a bunch of rich people. Yeah. Uh, but, but how, how has that gone? Cause like I read online that you put a floor in Shaq's basketball court. So like, I have to ask you about that. Yeah. Like, it, it, did, did you meet him? Did you get to meet I, him? I didn't get to meet him. No, but uh, yeah, we, so we signed an agreement with um, a company called Acer and they install basketball floors and basically like the data we can, like when you jump on a floor, the vibrations going through it, we can decrease the vibrations by, it, you can decrease the vibration 72% faster and reduce the shock on your body by 40%. And so like when you're sitting down in a room with somebody and you're, they're going to buy a quarter million dollar floor, like you can buy them lunch and explain that stuff to them. And they're just like, wait, so what was that again? Like, how can you do that? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, we just use this cool material and like we formulate it specifically for basketball floor. So the ball rebounds the same, but the human body affects it differently and absorbs vibrations, all jazz. But um, yeah, we've installed like about 40 floors to date and we've got three or four other, well, three new contracts that we're about to sign, uh, which will like quintuple the total number of floors per year that we'll be installing. And Dude, that's awesome. It's pretty crazy. It's like, it's one of those things like you're saying, like it's it's great in skis, but then the applications of it beyond skis are just like kind of endless. So like, yeah, we've got, you know, basketball floors, surfboards, boat halls. Like I, if anybody knows that, anybody at Hinkley, I want to put it in boats because you could have like a boat, just feel like a 40 foot boat. You can make it feel like a 50 foot boat. Cause it would just mm. feel it would, cause at the end of the day, like a ski when it's vibrating, all it's doing is telling your brain, like I'm scared and slow down, please. And so if you have less vibrations in a pair of skis, it means you can like do things go a little faster. You can do things that you otherwise would have been more scared to. And it's like kind of a, un, it's a unconscious thing with And with a boat, when you have these vibrations and stuff like that, it tells you, Oh, this is a smart boat or this is a bigger boat. If you have less vibrations. So if we can like decrease vibrations, um, a, you can make a lighter haul, but I think the bigger thing, cause the thing that matters is someone, someone gets on that boat they're like, this thing is sick. It's like smooth and it's yeah. good. It feels big. And that's what like was going to sell the boat kind of thing. So I mean, have you talked to any inboard boat companies? Not yet, but it's one of those things like 
I need more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because a surfboard, we test in surfboards and it's insane. It's way better than skis because like a surfboard is mostly foam. So it's pretty light. So you add this stuff in there and it has a much higher impact. Whereas like a ski is wood and metal and yeah. some pretty heavy stuff comparatively. So yeah, we can increase it by, you know, 300% in a pair of skis, which is still insane. But with a surfboard, it's like off the charts kind of thing. So I think with that is like the surfing world is way smaller even in the ski industry, which is small. So it's like a segment of a segment. So yeah. that's one we haven't chased. Yeah, but yet. inboard boat, dude, like for people that like, you know, mm-hmm. doing water sports, yeah. wake surfing, whatever, and George can chime in, but like, you don't want your boat, you're hitting a, a ton of a, a, a choppy water and you don't want anything rattling. You want it to be mm-hmm. really kind of solid feeling. Yep. And the and the inboard boat companies mm-hmm. are always, from what we know, mm-hmm. but if they've been told throughout the, throughout the years of, of having these boats, yeah. they're, they're always looking for the next thing yeah. to sell their boats for more money compared right. to their competitors. They always are. They're always like Malibu or it? Mastercraft or Nautique. Like they're looking yeah. to be a little bit further along yeah. than the other two. I, yeah. I, need, I need to find them. I call them. Because yeah. this is the stuff you like, you could literally just spray it and put in a, a gun and spray it. Dude, and they can market the shit. I mean, they've marketed yeah. inboard boats so well that people are spending Two to three hundred thousand dollars on them uh, for a boat that sits like you know for a twenty-three foot boat. Dude. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. Insane. It's crazy. Yeah. And wow. for for you to add for them to add that step in, if it yeah. really does do something, and they can market it. Yeah. If Nati can say they have it in Malibu, Masscraft don't, and you get mm-hmm. that contract done for X amount of years, mm-hmm. dude, game over. But you know, yeah. like that phrase you said, like you can make like a forty foot boat feel like a fifty foot boat. Like everyone wants to have a bigger, a bigger boat, boat yeah. without just that. This that's that's the marketing line right there. Yeah, it really it is like a bigger boat. <laughs> yeah. Now I got a twenty three foot boat, but it kind of rides like calmer, like a thirty foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You see, Garrett sold. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you can make my boat bigger. <laughs> so so if 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 that's how it makes boats feel, how does it make your does it make your skis feel? longer or can you get away with a shorter ski i think the biggest thing is like uh, it doesn't we don't you don't need to choose a different length ski because if we've got vibe stop inside but what it does do is it's overall it's, a, it's an easier ride it's more it's smoother and people come down and they're like wow i haven't skied that run for 10 years We're like i didn't i dude i just clocked myself i'm going way faster than i ever have and overall it's like an easier ski to ski yeah um and you got back to the, the envelope of usability thing all of our skis are just you can hit more conditions with them just because like if you're going really fast like we have athletes who drop a cliff and they run out through this like chunder field of like the gnarliest chunks of ice ever and they're like dude the fact that i can run out on this on like a 114 you know ski and not be scared to death is like that's pretty impressive this is insane so at the end of the day it just gives you more confidence to come down and you just hit more stuff that you never have hit before yeah. and we have customers who like we, we can't say this legally because um, i'm not a doctor but customers who time and time again have said my knees don't hurt anymore like I used to have to take aspirin and stuff like that. So like the chatter is just like, it's gone so far down that I don't even have to like worry about this stuff. So yeah. it's over like a confidence thing. And then you know the, the secondary thing is like, Oh, you just, your knees don't hurt as much. Like that's yeah. pretty sick. That's really sick. That yeah. is really sick. And you know, that makes sense. Like, you know, when you were talking about like the vibrations telling you like, Oh, I'm going too fast. I need to slow down. This is mm-hmm. dangerous, whatever. That if you weren't being given that, like you're not speed checking, you're not scrubbing speed. Mm-hmm. You're just, letting it just run cr- cruising having fun not, not, cuz at the end of the day like a good design is invisible right you, like our job is to make your skis be like a non right. a not a zero and nothing because you, then it's just you doing your thing however you want to go and if your ski just does what you want it to do that's an extension of your body like that's perfect yep. and so like a vibe stop ski with vibe stop in it it's going to allow you to do that a little more cuz at the end of the day 
you don't want to have to like, oh, you're going to bring my ski around here. It's like, oh, it's not doing what I want to do. You want to just like to do what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I don't think enough people realize that with skis, like it should be more intuitive, easier. It shouldn't be harder. Right. You know, and, like yeah. all of this technology that we're, we have in here is to make all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. easier. Yeah. More and user like, friendly. More user friendly. Yeah. And for, I mean, I can kind of think of like when shape skis came out, like, oh, that's cheating. Well, no, it just allows you to take something further. Yeah. And if you're racing and like the whole point of that is like limiting that ease, cause that was, is what makes racing hard. If you can make whatever ski you want, people are going way too fast, like, you know, breaking themselves even more than they are now. So it's like, in the case of like F1, right? Tons of regulations to make that sport really, really hard. Mm-hmm. But I'm not driving F1 cars. I want to have fun. Yeah. Have yeah. Three vacations a year. I want to have a good time. I want to be the best pair of skis I can for like that trip or the two trips or whatever number of trips you're going on. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Can't, can't control Z a vacation and try again. You know? Have you been? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can't. No, you can't. Um, have you been going back to Ispo every year? No. I actually, yeah, because I, I haven't been there for since we won the second time, uh, 2020, I think. Yeah, 2021. Uh, but I haven't been back. But I'm going, I, my plan right now is to go to Europe and to go to Munich for a month in January uh, as we're expanding the, the next factory. Nice. It's A, B, close. And uh, What just, factory name do you keep saying? Uh, oh, I'm saying like a factory in Europe. Oh, yeah. Also, well, the one we currently work in, Utopia. Yeah, the one in Canada. Yeah. And then yeah. the one in Europe is called what? Oh, no, I haven't said the name. There's oh, a, you there's haven't. A, there's a couple options we have on the table. Oh, right. okay. Got yeah. it. Okay. So, and I don't. I'm not really sure how that's uh, going to go. A secret, like people want to keep certain things because some people like, you can say the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's no one's listening. No one's listening. <laughs> some people like, like I think Jay and Farfront. We all like to tell our customers that we all build in this factory, and people can put it together. That oh, it's all most of these skis are actually built in the same factory kind of thing. But there's still this allure of like, whoa, this ski's built where? And like, wow, this is over here. It's like, dude, that's built alongside like 15 other brands kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That was one of the things that really stuck out to both George and I when, when we been to both factories that, that we walked mm-hmm. through is how many other skis we saw. Yeah. When you're well, like, oh, they, we're going to this factory, you're like, oh, cool. And then, and then you're walking through and it's like, dude, I've seen like seven different brands. And then and six of them you've never even heard of. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or it's like a weird graphic or something yeah. that will never make it to the U.S. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. But mm-hmm. yeah, ski building is wild. I mean, it's a hard, like I say, it's a hard thing to do, um, but it, ha- it still like garnishes this like mystique. Because it's just like people, are like, oh, those are handmade. You're like, literally, every ski is handmade. Yep. Literally. I know. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. definitely special, but it's not yeah. unique. Right. You know, like, yeah. Got anything cheaper? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the question of the day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've actually never been to ISPO, and oh, we, yeah, we need to yeah. prioritize going because everyone always is like, oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, it's worth going once or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, we, we, we need to go. Yeah. If it's the same as it was when I was there, like, it's basically eight aircraft hangers of stuff. So like SIA is cool, but imagine SIA times four. So they're just more stuff. Everybody goes, like they buy a bigger booth. It's like where they're showcasing, like their latest and greatest. And it's more consumer facing as well. So you've got more people walking through and they're really, everybody's like throwing down and showing off their, like their new technology, their new products in a big, big way. So it's like older top stuff, there's big parties and it's like, it's you know, the Europe. Like yeah. People know how to party and, and they, they do, do for it's, sure. It's so fun. Yeah, you guys should definitely go. I, I have to look up when it is this year. It's um, it just passed like, like, last week or two weeks ago. They moved it up. No, for twenty. Oh, for twenty. Whatever, twenty three. It'd be for twenty two. Is what you're saying? This season, so rather they used to do it in I think late January, early Feb. Okay, but they just did it for this year, like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So next year be you know January. I think it's like November or something like that. November. So, All right. Yeah, I'll have to pencil it in. But the thing with it's like for you guys, it's like just as the season's like taken off, and that's like for us is 
like we did the Boston Ski Show two weeks ago or three mm-hmm. weeks ago. It was insane because like, it's like Boston Ski Show. And we literally launched our Black Friday like the night we got home, and uh, just a lot to like do one after the other. And then you have Black Friday, and then you've got the real Black Friday, and then you get Cyber Monday, and then you get Cyber Monday <laughs> extension. And, uh, Don't forget Small Business Saturday. Oh right, right, yeah, that one too. Don't forget the small businesses, <laughs> yeah. dude. I got an email today. And then Sunday, the Lord's Day, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got an email today that the Cyber Monday sale ends. Uh, Tomorrow, Thursday, yes. in December. Yeah. What is that? What is going? Dude. Just run it off. Just run it. Just keep it going. Jeez run the Louise. sales. Yeah, but um, how was it over there with no no ski retail? Was it kind of weird? Um, well, actually, I've never been. Oh, it's my first time ever going. Oh, because we we never so you went. No, you have no reference to no like ref- the chaos of ski retail there. And people told us about it, but like the reason we never went was because we're like we're selling back then. We were selling fifteen hundred dollar pair of skis. Like I'm not going to go down and try to convince them to spend fifteen hundred dollars when they can buy you know, two pairs of skis for 500 yeah. kind of thing. So um, yeah, this year it was bought and it's still a different and stuff like that this year. And it was fun. It was super fun. We, we went in as a pure experiment, like, okay, it's a new, new company. Let's just see how this goes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we knocked out the park. We blew all of our goals out of the water and we had a blast. We're definitely going back. Nice. Yeah. It makes me think like, like the whole experiential thing I'm super fascinated about. I think it's like really, really cool. Um, you know, as an online business, like it's what you guys have, right? You have like an awesome website. And you have an incredible like in-person experience. And I think it's that that's the one-two punch. It's like someone can come in and, or actually someone like finds you online or the friend sends you a link or whatever. And you go and you shop on Ski Monster. And then at some point, you oh, I'm going to book an appointment. And then you come here and you're like, whoa, this is so sick. And it's like the, the combination of digital and physical. Mm-hmm. But I really think it's like the future. And it's like for us, like, you know, going to this show last, you know, two weeks ago, I was fascinated to see how like, how many people a didn't know who renowned were was. And then now they we explain the technology and they're just like, this is incredible. And they'll just buy and skis from their phone right there. Kind of thing. We didn't even bring any inventory. We're like, we're just going to talk to people mm-hmm. and people were buying skis and have them shipped to them overnight. That's awesome. So, wow. yeah. But I think it's like the con, the one, two punch, like having a physical, it's like what Jay's doing, right? Like the, his shop there is like having an experience where someone's like, never, you're never going to forget like showing up and like, dude, Jay Lev just walked out. Like this guy's a legend. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. shook my hand. Like I kept telling him that. Yeah. He's dude. He's like Jay's a legend, man. And yeah, if yeah. you can walk in that shop and like Jason right there, and it's, it's crazy. Well, I appreciate you saying that about yeah. about TSM because that's what we're striving for. So yeah. that's much much appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you're not wrong. You know, it's it's really just, and we talked about this with Jay for a little bit. It's really just about trying to create that experience. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can more people create an experience versus just like a place to buy something, then they're going to be more successful. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like I think how retail started like as a whole a long time ago is like creating a really cool experience. Mm -hmm. And then some of that stuff got forgotten Mm -hmm. and you know, then the internet happens Mm -hmm. and okay. So the internet was able to exist because, okay, sure there's more, but then you can get this stuff more quickly. And maybe that's a better experience Mm -hmm. because this regular retail was complacent and the brick and mortar retail that's thriving now is, has experience at the forefront. And I think that same thing is going to happen online as well. Like just creating great digital and physical experiences because yeah. yeah, digital just blew up i mean how many people have signed up for text messages and like now they get spammed you're like oh my gosh the, the, the cat's too much that. it's just too much right instead so of be able to go back to that physical space and then when that physical space is awesome it's like you know these are all all birds here like same thing like those guys like okay how do we make this space be a much more of an experiential thing than just buying some shoes or like nike like they're they're shopping uh, i'm not sure if it's here but in new york city it's like it's all experiential first and foremost like yeah you can buy shoes there but you walk in that store and it's like it's not just like shoes in a wall it's like, whoa. I know Converse has a sick one yeah. right down yeah. the street. I mean, and I think 
to everyone's point of this table right now is like everyone's trying to create that, you know, mm. and is, is the, the people that do it the best are going to be going to be the most successful. Yeah. Yeah. Like to the, the ski show, there was the number of like, you know, skis in a wall kind of thing. It was just like everybody was just selling sticks on a wall. Right. So it's like, okay, next year, how do we do this thing differently? Yeah. Or, and I just selling slatty sticks. Cause in the case of a ski show, it's like brand after brand, after brand, after brand, after brand, after brand doing the same thing. Yeah. So it's like, Turn them sideways. I don't know. Like, let them on fire. Something crazy. Put them nice. You know, something different. Yeah, you so. got to stick out. Yeah. Uh, so when's the renowned bar opening on uh, Main Street yeah. in Burlington? So, so I think that's going to be two years. Cool. Yeah. But, no, I really want to open a bar with one table in it. I think kind of hilarious. Like a one huge long table, like a, a beer hall. Kind <laughs> yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Sick. That would, that would be, be really cool. sick. Yeah. Like the, the biggest table in Vermont. Right. There we go. Yeah, the, all yeah, Vermont maple. wood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The biggest single piece people table eat in Vermont. That up, <laughs> yeah, dude, world renowned. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Well, let's wrap there. That that was sweet, Cyrus. Yeah. Appreciate you coming down to the city, man. Yeah, this was radical. Uh, I'm glad we got to catch you before your your pilgrimage to Europe next month. So this has been great. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for having me. It's really fun to see where you guys are going and the shop and all the success and everything. So it's it's pretty sweet. It's awesome to see when uh, when people are doing it right and poor and like heart and soul. And I'm sure some blood. A lot of blood. It. A lot of blood. Yeah. All the blood. <laughs> yeah. I cut my finger on an edge the other day. <laughs> Still bleeding. <Yeah. laughs> All right. The wounds never heal. Right. Thanks, bro. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Later. Right. Peace.